Hello, my zippers and spoonies. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. I am glad that you are here. Today, I am going to be talking about psychotherapy for pain management. This is an often hot topic in the support groups that I am a part of. Um, for reasons that I'm all too familiar with, the knee-jerk response to getting a referral to a therapist is that we're being dismissed. However, that might not be the case, and there is research to support the use of therapy for those with chronic illness. So let's get into it and consider why it might be helpful. My first recommendation is that if your provider is recommending that you see a therapist, you should clarify with them the reason that they think that you should be receiving this care. Ask them what they feel the benefits would be to you and what diagnosis they would use to make the referral. These two pieces of information will tell you a great deal about what your provider is thinking and will help you decide whether or not the provider is dismissing your chronic illness into the psychiatry world. Your provider should be willing to discuss the rationale behind any recommendation that they are making. I personally think that it is a huge red flag um, if a provider is not willing to have this conversation. Uh, good care is based upon a logical process of thought. Thus, they should be able to explain to you how they came to this recommendation. If they can't, it is an indication that there isn't a good foundation of reason for their recommendation. If they won't, it is an indication that they are more interested in maintaining power roles than creating a productive relationship with you. The second thing I have to say is that I am a huge advocate for taking care of our mental health. For those that don't already know, I have a ANCC Psychiatric Mental Health Nursing Board certification. Thus, I could be considered biased when I say that I feel almost everyone who has a chronic illness would benefit from receiving mental health services. Having a chronic illness means that you would be put into a grief cycle, and for that alone, it can be immensely helpful to have a therapist to talk to. Having chronic illness also means that you're going to have a bunch of stuff that you are thinking about and worried about uh, that you probably don't want to constantly dump on the people that you're close to. Because of this, having a therapist that specializes in chronic illness can be very helpful. Not to mention that having chronic illness increases the risk for having a mental health diagnosis with depression and anxiety being high on the list. There are many benefits that therapists can provide to someone with chronic illness, but the key is finding someone that specializes in chronic illness management. The thing that I see questioned and debated in the support groups the most is having psychotherapy for chronic pain management. So I'm going to focus my post on that topic. Uh, psychotherapy for pain management can be very useful, but there are some things to keep in mind. So like all therapy, it is only as good as the therapist that you're working with. Because of this, don't be afraid to switch to a different therapist if the one that you are working with doesn't feel right or isn't helpful. Therapists are individuals with individual styles. It doesn't matter which discipline of therapy they're working under, CBT, DBT, ACT, etc. Uh, they're still going to have their own style. Getting CBT from two different therapists can be completely different experiences. Not to mention that they are people. And just like when we are meeting anyone, there is the factor of personality. This is someone that you are going to be spending a good amount of time with and someone that you will be talking about pretty personal topics with. So it is pretty important that you actually like your therapist 
as a person. If you find their personality abrasive or triggering, it is going to be really hard to work with them regardless of how good they are at their job. Cognitive behavioral therapy is the approach most often used when getting psychotherapy for chronic pain management. However, CBT doesn't uh, help everyone. Uh, It's the type of therapy that has the highest efficacy for chronic illness and chronic pain management, which is why it is the approach that it is used most often. Um, However, if it isn't working for you, then the second highest efficacy is acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT, and it can be worth trying. So just keep in mind that there are other options, even though CBT is kind of considered the gold standard for treatment of chronic pain. CBT is based on several core principles. Um, The first is that psychological problems are based in part on faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. The second is that psychological problems are based in part on learned patterns of unhelpful behavior. And the third principle is that people suffering from psychological problems can learn better ways of coping with them, thereby relieving their symptoms and becoming more effective in their lives. In context of chronic pain management, CBT is going to sit on these same principles. The thought is that the ways that we think about our pain can help or hinder us in how well we cope with or manage that pain. Learned patterns of behavior can contribute to a worsening of our pain symptoms. And we can learn better ways to cope with and manage our pain, thereby improving our pain and becoming more effective in our lives. CBT treatment usually involves efforts to change thinking patterns, and these strategies often include learning to recognize one's distortions in thinking that are creating problems and then to reevaluate them in light of reality or an outside perspective. Gaining a better understanding of the behavior and motivation of others, using problem-solving skills to cope with difficult uh, situations, and learning to develop a greater sense of confidence in your own ability. CBT still involves efforts to change thinking patterns when treating chronic pain. Evaluation of your emotions and thoughts around your pain can help you better understand the relationship you have with your pain. Being angry at or afraid of your pain can have an impact on the ways that you cope with or manage your pain. The relationship we have with our pain will absolutely determine the behaviors that we engage in regarding our pain. There generally isn't much focus on the understanding, the behavior, or motivation of others when you're receiving therapy for pain management. Uh, There will be a huge focus on helping you build problem-solving and coping skills, and there is a huge focus on helping you feel more empowered in your pain management. CBT treatment also usually involves efforts to change behavioral patterns, and these strategies include facing one's fears instead of avoiding them, using role-playing to prepare for potentially problematic interactions with others, and learning to calm one's mind and relax one's body. So again, CBT is going to stay with its core treatment set when treating chronic pain. There will be a focus on facing your emotions regarding pain, which is commonly fear of having pain or increasing your pain. Uh, Role-playing might be used if you need help in learning how to self-advocate and uh, how to have difficult conversations regarding your pain, but it's generally not going to be a commonly used uh, tool. 
Uh, relaxation skills are, and among other coping skills, will definitely be taught. CBT is all about shifting the way that you think about things and using coping skills to better handle the symptoms that you're having. That being said, it generally doesn't reduce your pain. It can if stress is triggering flares or is making your symptoms worse. But what it generally does is improve your ability to tolerate your symptoms. Since being symptom-free is generally not a realistic goal, this can be helpful. It can also help you find a better mindset where you can be a better problem solver, which can be helpful for um, engaging in that whole pain management uh, problem solving with your providers. Um, it can just help you think about things better and in, with an open mind. Uh, it can also help you break out of harm harmful behavioral patterns that are contributing to increased pain. So if you're going to have CBT for pain management, make sure that the therapist you're seeing is a specialist in both CBT and chronic illness or chronic pain management. Other therapists will not be as helpful. It can be helpful to research potential therapists for, before committing to an appointment. Most therapists have a website with a profile that you can read. Um, that profile will cover their education and experience as well as what they focus on in their practice. Don't be afraid to give them a call for a brief interview. Most therapists will give you 15 minutes of their time to answer questions about their practice. Just keep in mind that many don't have secretaries and that they are likely to be in a session when you call. This means that they are most likely going to return your call between sessions or at the end of their day. Lastly, keep in mind that there are other approaches than CBT that are used for chronic pain management. If the therapist seems like a good fit, they might be worth a try even if they don't use CBT. Remember that telehealth can increase your access to specialized providers. Most insurances now cover telehealth. Uh, this opens up a lot more options for you getting the kind of therapist that you need. Uh, thus, get, thus, it can be helpful uh, for you to call your insurance before you start looking for a therapist. Uh, find out what uh, kind of services are covered, what types of appointments are covered, and find out if the licensure of the therapist matters for coverage. Oftentimes, your insurance will have a list of therapists uh, that accept their insurance and are in the preferred group. This list can be a great place to start your search since you know that your insurance is going to cover them. Because after all, it doesn't matter how amazing a therapist is if you can't afford to see them. Know that there are several types of licensure for therapists. Um, so there are advanced practice psychiatric nurses or PMHNPs. Uh, they are psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners. There are also licensed clinical social workers or LCSW. There are clinical psychologists or CP, and there are psychiatrists who are MDs, and they usually present as Dr. Blank. Uh, each license has a different scope of practice. The biggest thing to know is that you need a PMHNP or an MD if you're going to be prescribed medications. Generally, these two licenses will have more of a focus on medication than counseling or talk therapy. So it isn't a matter of one license being better than the other, but rather about knowing what services they can provide and what their focus of treatment will be. 
It is also important to know if your insurance covers that kind of provider for talk therapy. As a final note, I personally found ACT and ERC, ERPT way more helpful than CBT. Uh, this is because I personally have autism and OCD, which both tend to respond better to ACT and exposure response. ACT is acceptance and commitment therapy with the focus being learning on how to sit with uncomfortable states of being and being functional rather than trying to to change your state of being or your state of thinking. Um, ERPT is exposure response prevention therapy, which is based on ACT, but then actively exposes you to the things that trigger uncomfortable feelings as a way to train you to better cope with them. Those with autism often have strong OCD traits, even if not meeting the full criteria of an OCD diagnosis. And this means that things like intrusive thoughts, ritualized behaviors, and need for sameness are often barriers for CBT. Those with OCD or OCD traits often find it difficult or impossible to change their thoughts. It's the nature of having obsessions. ACT and exposure response are the gold standard for those with OCD and OCD-related disorders or OCD traits. Well, that's about it for my rambling today. Thanks for coming and spending some time with me. If you like what you've been listening to, consider listening some of the other episodes of the podcast and consider giving some support. It really does help. And until we talk again, you guys take care of yourselves. Bye.